Yeah. That has been his design all along. So all of us are products right now, culturally speaking, of uh, philosophies and all this other stuff that pits men against women, against children, children against their parents, parents against their children. We're all product of that right mm-hmm. now. That's why we have to go back to the word. Mm-hmm. So we're always going to trip breakers in that sense because mm-hmm. we're all surrounded by decades, if not you know, centuries. centuries of constant attack on the way God designed things to work. That's right. But just to, to uh, give you guys a real life example, um, just a funny example, actually, but I'm kind of a health nut, always have been, Brad is not. True. How's that? Okay. Unless you consider donuts exactly. a health nut <laughs> option. <laughs> it's got nuts in it. I was just so, throwing the nut part in there. That's right. Yeah, so I have been raising the kids to really be, you know, less sugar, no soda, no this, no that, no da 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 da. And I explained everything to them. I mean, I'll, I'll, I remember Sophia saying to, to my mother, her grandmother, Grandma, don't drink Coke. It's bad for your bones. You know, I mean, she was 18 months old. You know, so I'm like, yes, it's working, right? Okay. So, but but enter here. He just kind of, for the most part, has kept quiet. He's not against what I've been teaching, but he's just kind of been quiet. And no matter how much I try, how I'm the one that picks menus. I'm the one that chooses what comes and doesn't come into the house food-wise. I'm the one, and still... The kids love their soda and their sweets and their chips. And then I'm going, I am doing everything I possibly can. Then eight months ago, Brad had an aha moment. He's like, first of all, he started working at a bakery. And I told him, if your pant size goes up, your two-week notice is, is in. Like, <laughs> we're not yeah. doing this. Yeah. You're not just going to, oops, it's there. I'm surrounded by it all day long. No. Mm-mm. Right? And so, but then, so he started actually focusing and digging into, okay, how do I take better care of myself? Lord, please reveal these things to me. The moment he started doing that, the kids all of a sudden lined up and did exactly what dad was doing. Okay, for 18 years, okay, I'm going to get that thing now. For 18 years, okay, 18 years, I've been working so hard with these children. the plate mm-hmm. they all immediately yep. stepped in line yeah so i'm just saying that's part of design and we can either love it or hate it it doesn't matter it's not going away so we might as well chuck that out the window and just go with the yeah. design absolutely right yes that scripture that says the anointing on the head flows to the bottom that's right absolutely that's right they're in psalms and it talks mm-hmm. about that the anointing runs down well and some of that as we talk about again it's just, again, it's just design. So dads, and we'll teach about that l- later on in different ways. There's real superpowers that we have as men, mm-hmm. God-given superpowers, mm-hmm. that when we step into them, mm-hmm. it is, is quite astounding. And one of these is, is the idea of it's the, it's the superpower of what is actually in your conscience is what you pass on. Right. So as I, you know, it's, uh, I remember hearing a, a man challenge me years ago and said, Brad, do you want to pass on your convictions to your children? And I said, yes, sir, I really do. He goes, good. Then they need to be your convictions. <laughs> Some of y'all get that when you go home. 
Because, <laughs> huh? Not your, wives. not your wives. Not your wives' convictions. Not your buddies' convictions. Not, not, the convictions. not the preacher's convictions. Your convictions. You will pass on your conviction. What is actually your conviction, you will pass. You can't help it. You won't deny it. It'll just happen. Mm-hmm. Right? And so the question is then is, okay, well, what are my convictions? Mm-hmm. Right? And, and so start here, and I'm just going to so say, we started, so we're going to move on and go from there. So we normally play a song. Go we live. won't play a song. Yeah, go live. If we hadn't already. I thought you did. I've already recorded, no. so it's awesome. This is great. No, this is great. This is all good. Hey, this is why we do church the way we, I, as long, this is my promise to all of you. You know, if we get huge to like 200 people, that's huge to me. We start hitting 200 people, we're starting another church. Do you understand that's the way my brain works? Just to say that out loud and on record, we start bumping 150 to 200 people coming here. Uh, we're not going to open up a second service. We're going to open up another church. Absolutely, always. You can ask questions. As long as I'm here, you can interrupt and ask questions. As long as we're here, we'll do this kind of stuff. We have, we have an idea and, and a quote-unquote track that we want to run on. But ours is just to flow and talk. I want, I want you to understand the reason why is not because we're unprepared. But guys, I mean, how many of you found what we've done so far this morning is very normal? Does this seem fairly normal? Does it ever seem a little st- stupid, spooky, spiritual weird no. neither should be anything with God in your life mm-hmm. I want you to see that following Jesus mm-hmm. being spiritual is as normal as what you've experienced right here mm-hmm. it's just this normal miracles are just this normal sharing faith is just this normal mm-hmm. worshiping God is just this normal it's not strange does that make sense? Yeah. You know, and I think many times in church, you know, what we've created in church is special cues. You know, when the music plays a certain way, we all know, oh, that's why I raised my hand. Right? Well, we do <laughs> or we do, do or this happens there. And no, 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 it's just normal, right? Uh, so, yeah, so we'll always have these kind of times. So we haven't messed anything up. This is just normal. This is where we're going. So does that sound good? Yeah. So, so. I'm going to start up again uh, the Pastor in Your Pocket podcast, mm-hmm. right? Uh, because there's a whole lot that the Lord wants to share and teach us mm-hmm. uh, that, we, um, that we just don't have time to do on a Sunday. So I'll start that up this week. And basically, if, you're, if you haven't already, you can go to wherever you get podcasts. And if you go uh, and look and just search Life of Faith North in your podcast engine, you'll see the church's logo, Right, just click on it, subscribe, and it'll come to your phone. Uh, and then if you look in there, it's Pastor in Your Pocket, or P I Y P, Pastor in Your Pocket, because it's just too long to do. It'll be P I Y P, and then it'll do that. But I'm going to start, I believe, this week, and just going to go ahead. That happened actually during prayer. We've been talking about it for a few weeks privately, Selena and I, and this morning, just the Lord said, but we're going to talk about it. I'm going to start just talking about the importance of the Word of God, of the Bible in our life. Right. So real quick, what I mean by that is, is just what we're saying. Guys, listen, everything about life is right in here. Mm -hmm. Everything. Mm -hmm. There is nothing untouched by God in here Mm -hmm. that would deal with yours and I's daily life. Right. There's no, don't believe the lies that can come around that we live in a special time. 
right? We live in this special time in human history and this is all old and antiquated and this doesn't apply anymore. Everything, the doctrine that is lost, it was an old doctrine called the sufficiency of Scripture. And the sufficiency of Scripture basically says everything about life is right here in Scripture. That's right. Everything to tell you and I what we should do, what we should not do, how do, how, what, what does it look like in a modern age, even a digital age? What does it look like? Mm-hmm. Right? All of the, it's all right in here, mm-hmm. right? And so that's what we're talking about here when we talk about God's design. God's design for your daily life is right in here. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? God's design for how we live is right in here. And so we want to talk about it. So with that, I invite you, please, if you have any Bible questions or any questions about the Bible, we're going to do it. Please send me your questions. No holds barred. You can ask hard questions, challenging questions, whatever. You can text it to me. Right? You can, if you don't have my phone number, it is 205-514-6878. Again, one more time. If you call right now. Before the end of this service, you get absolutely nothing other than my cell phone number, 205-514-6878. That's my, you can text me that, yes. right? You can go on Facebook. I'm not hard to find. Selena's not hard to find. Just type in our name. You'll find us. You can send me a message on Facebook. Uh, if you've got the group me app and you want to ask it there, you can ask in group me, all the stuff. But please do send me your questions. Because they're going to be the basis of how we do pastor in your pocket. But this morning, I felt like the Lord gave me guidance. We're going to start talking about the sufficiency of Scripture. And so it'll be once a week. I'll put out a podcast, minimal. Might do a couple of episodes, but at least once a week, I'll put out a podcast. And we'll go and just do that. Does that make sense? So now with that, go in your Bibles, please, again. Because we're talking then about, again, God's design, how things work. We're going to go to Galatians real quick and just look at what we looked at last week. And again, if, and if we're sitting, if you see this, I, I'm making myself sit down right now because it's not common for me, right? Because normally I'm standing up and doing. But uh, one reason why I'm sitting down in these wonderful chairs is because um, the Lord showed us that we should do this. As weird as that might sound. Uh, so uh, part of it is just an act of obedience. Um, but also part of it, I think, is just to, again, make sure that everybody sees that it's, it's common and it's normal. Right? So in Galatians, go to the sixth chapter. There it is. And again, we looked at this last week in verse 6. It says, So let him who is taught the word of God share in all good things with him that teaches. And we talked about that Paul begins to open up a conversation about giving here. And he says to all of us, hey, listen, if someone ministers to you and shares with you spiritual things, then it is good and proper and right that we give to those people physical things. Would we all agree with that, right? That's not, a, not an uncommon thing. It's a good thing to do. So again, real pause real quick. So do you know who feeds you? Who are the people God has given to you that are your ministers? Hold your finger here. Oh, man, Holy Ghost, you just jumping right out the gate. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 
Hold your fingers in Galatians. We're going to come right back. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And I want you to look at verse 5, right? So Paul writing here again. Paul says, who then is Paul and who is Apollos? Does everybody know who Apollos is from the New Testament? Anybody not know who Apollos was? Okay, so real quick. So Apollos was a man. He was a Hebrew. He was a Jew. He heard apparently, and you get this from Acts, he had heard John the Baptist preach and believed in John's message of repentance and that the Messiah was coming. Around Acts chapter 19, it says that Paul bumped into some of Apollos' disciples, began to ask them questions about what they believed, determined that they had only been taught John's baptism and that Jesus was coming. So Paul fills in the blanks with them and leads them fully into salvation. Well, then in the book of Acts as well, we see that Apollos is that man. And so he basically, and now this is Brad's sanctified imagination kind of filling in some of the stuff. He had heard the message of John the Baptist, went after it, and started just teaching. He just left out of John's ministry, and he's teaching Jesus is coming, the Messiah is coming, repent, be baptized, just like John the Baptist. And apparently he went like everywhere because he was all over the place. Well, finally, Apollos bumps into two of Paul's disciples, a man named Aquila and his wife Priscilla. Uh And Aquila and Priscilla then teach Apollos the fullness of the gospel, and he comes in and becomes like Paul, becomes an apostle of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Does that make sense? Kind of feel it. But here Paul says, who is Paul? Who is Apollos? Now notice, but ministers through whom you believed. Now I love that. All throughout the New Testament, and this kind of lines up what we said on Thursday some, remember the attitude of the New Testament ministers were, hey, listen, I'm just Brad. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, just, I love the way Paul introduces himself to the Roman church in Romans chapter 1, verse 1. He doesn't start out like many modern-day ministers would, where they would actually hand you their business card that says, Apostle Brad. <laughs> Paul, you know, right? Paul introduces himself to the Romans, and he says, I am Paul. And that's how he starts. Hey, listen, I'm Paul. That's just who I am. So remember, hey, I'm Brad, okay? Mm-hmm. You, people say, well, what do we call you? Start with Brad, <laughs> right? And we'll go from there. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Amen, right? Yeah. So notice that they said, hey, listen, we're just people, right? Mm-hmm. Who is Paul? Who's Apollos? We just happen to be ministers through whom you believed. Right. That's what I, but I love this next phrase. As the Lord gave to each one. Yeah, I'd never seen that before. I had never seen that before here until recently when Pastor Greg Moore, our pastor, showed us this. Mm-hmm. Notice what Paul says there. He says, hey, listen, we, hey, this is, I'm Paul, that's Apollos. We just happen to be ministers through whom you believed. But really, God gave us to you. Mm-hmm. God has given every believer ministers. Do you know who your ministers are? 
cool, awesome, thank you. Uh, who, who, thank you, I appreciate that. I received that, uh, and, and I'm glad to be given. Yes. But, but do you know, who, and the reason why this is important, do you know, can you sit there and say, man, God has brought into my life this minister, mm-hmm. whoever they are, whether if it's me as your pastor, whoever that might be. And it's not just one. And it's not, and I like it's ministers. That's, a, That's right. It's, it's more than one. You're not going to get everything you need to grow spiritually just from me. That's right. Man. That's right. Hey, listen, can I say this out loud and just on public record? You're not disloyal to me mm-hmm. if you like listening to other preachers. That's right. Amen. That's right. Are you with me? Yeah. Okay. Can I say this? You're not disloyal to this church if you go to another church. I'm not jealous, nor am I going to be like, well, where'd you go? I mean, I, yeah. I mean, Brother Hagen taught us this way. Brother Hagen said this about people he pastored, and I say this now to you. I haven't said it in a, in a year or so. If you can go anywhere and grow more in God, fulfill more of your destiny and plan in God, get more people born again, spirit-filled and discipled in Christ, I insist that you go there. Amen. Mm-hmm. Well, and just like in real life, we may live in a certain place, but it's nice to get away and go visit sometimes mm-hmm. to go see how things are done because mm-hmm. that even gives growth. Absolutely. It gives a different vision for us to follow. It, it opens the perspective. You know, people, you know, people who haven't, traveled outside of their little five mile radius can get very narrow minded. Yeah. You need to travel and go see and yeah. go realize things from other places. And I like to see it as um, you know, in our home we cook a certain way and there's certain things there, but they might need different nutrients that they that we're only gonna get when we go to sushi. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? Yeah. I'm not gonna make sushi at home. So let's go get the nutrients from the sushi and the fun and the experience because I'm not gonna make it at home. Right? So that's that's Absolutely exactly how we we think. Does that make sense? So yeah, so we're not jealous. We're not controlling, right? You're not doing anything evil or wicked or bad. <laughs> You're not being unfaithful to the vision. Have you ever heard those things? Amen. But I am going. But do you know where home is? Right. Yes. Do you know whom God has given you as ministers that you can receive from? Mm-hmm. Those things you need to make sure you know. And then later, now back to Galatians chapter 6. And when you can identify those, those are the places where you give. Does that make sense? So that's the places where, again, and that's why he says, let him that is taught the word share in all good things with the one that teaches. Paul says, do you, do you know who your ministers are? And again, I would say, do you know you should have a home church? And now let me caveat myself a little bit here. I'm not anti-home church. You should have a home church. But like somebody said, but that doesn't mean you have to stay there all the time. Mm -hmm. Right? You should go and experience it. But do you know where home is? And if you know where home is and you know who your ministers are, then make sure you're given there. Because you're receiving from those places. And that you're 
engaged in receiving. Yes. Right? Because, I mean, it's so cute. We would be, when we were in Canada, we'd run into people and, oh, yeah, we go to your church. You do? You do? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I was there last year for Easter. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, that's awesome. So for them, when they went to church, we were their we church. Were their church. But they weren't necessarily engaging with what God was doing in our church. They weren't, they weren't listening and following what God was saying, you know. Yeah. And so <laughs> that's a little different, right? It's just, no, you need to know where home yeah. is. I like to see it like as a family. Mm-hmm. When, when babies are born, they're always home with their parents. Always home. Because they're getting the right nourishment, the right training, the right everything. But get them this age, they're not always with their parents. Sometimes, little by little, they're out somewhere else. You know, can they behave and can they go and not be influenced in a negative way? Okay. Do you see the parallels here? Because they're maturing and they realize, okay, it's okay if I go to a different church where even my kids, because sometimes they've asked me, can I go to XYZ? Sure. Go to that youth group or whatever. And they come back and they're like, so doctrinally and theology wise, it was different. And and this is how, right. And, And I don't think I could just. Go there all go the time. Go there all the time because it wasn't very life-giving. Okay, that's great to hear from a 14-year-old, yes, right? Because yes. they're starting to do that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But we're not being controlled. No, you can't read that. You can't listen to that. You can't. No, because that's fear-based. Yeah. Amen. It's I'm teaching you how to take whatever you're seeing and think critically about it. And, and pass it through pass here. Pass it through this filter. And if you don't know how, we will help you, Right. Yeah. And then when they get even older, um, it's the whole, I think I'm going to take a little, you know, like my kids at this point, they're like, um, can we take a Sunday off and go to the other church and just sit under the word and not be serving? You know, because as kids grow, we serve, right? So as you guys are here and as you're growing, okay, you serve. Yeah. That's how it happens in a family. But sometimes you also need a break. Okay, so then you go and you take a break. But we're not afraid of, of um you know, what that might turn into yeah, or whatever. Absolutely. But if you realize in some dysfunctional families, when they get to, when they get their wheels, they're gone and they never want to come home. So when people know where home is and they're staying away on purpose, something inside of them is not okay. Something inside of them is broken and, and needs, needs some attention. And so when people are like, well, yeah, this is our church home. But there's some resistance <laughs> to being engaged and to coming. Yeah. You know, uh, I remember in my own teen life and in, in Brad's mm-hmm. teen life, there's stuff at home that I don't necessarily want to have to deal with. Or they're not actually dealing with stuff at home. It's a mess. And so I'm just not, I don't want to go home. If I have to go sleep there, I'll go sleep there. But, I, you know, so when I say that, it's like, okay, but if we're staying away, from wherever home is and whoever mm-hmm. your ministers are, is there something going on? What's inside? going on? If you're not there all the time, if you're not, if you're more not there than you are there, you might want to visit that. You might want to bring that before the Lord and go, what's the resistance here? Mm-hmm. I'm resisting something subconsciously, so I need your help. I need you to what help is that? me. What is that? Mm-hmm. So we can deal with that. Absolutely. Because you sent me here. You sent these ministers to me. It is life-giving. So what, what is this resistance that's like the mm-hmm. thorn that's pricking, right? Mm-hmm. Every time I get near there. And that means the Lord is just wanting you to experience more health there because you have a wound there. And he's your healer. He will heal mm-hmm. it. He will take care of it. 
Yeah. But it's not so that just because now you're a teen and you're more mature, you can stay away from home all the time. Unless you absolutely have to come and make a good show for Thanksgiving dinner. That's not the you know, that's, that's not, not the point. point. That there's unhealth there somewhere. Yeah. So, well and that's why, you know, we'll do this <laughs> and y'all have heard me say this before. So remember our faith life is very daily. But that's not just our private faith life. Yeah. That's also our corporate faith life. Have you ever thought about that before? We're real good at telling everybody, you know, the good song. Y'all help me with a song. <laughs> Read your Bible, pray every day. Do you know it? Pray every day. <laughs> Read your Bible, pray every day, and you'll grow. Grow. Yeah, never, never. We gotta sing some of these kids. Okay, so here's the song, right? Here's the kids' song. Sing along with Pastor Brand, right? So read your Bible, pray every day, and you'll grow, grow, grow. Right. So we all know that individually, and that is true. But that's also very true corporately. Yes. All throughout the New Testament, our our forefathers, if you will, it says, and they gathered together daily. Now, see, that fries of many people's <laughs> fritters right there because we have created very much a faith life that is corporate that is very weekly, W-E-E-K-L-Y, weekly. But if my corporate faith life is only weekly, then my faith life will be weekly, W-E-A-K-L-Y. So, see, we need, there's this thing that we need when we talk about church life, Mm -hmm. right? It's bigger than what we do on Sundays and Thursdays. That's why with our youth, for example, we're we're Mm. wanting to make sure with our youth and with our kids that we're teaching them how to, when they get Mm -hmm. together, how to have God conversations. Because it is normal to have God conversations. In fact, in evangelism, it's normal to have God Mm -hmm. conversations. And it's funny because... Anytime Brad approaches an unbeliever and says, hey, tell me about your God story. Not once has he been turned down. Never once. It's when you're preaching at people and, you know, mm-hmm. all this, you know, hell, fire and brimstone stuff that people shut down. Yeah. But the moment you have a God conversation with anybody, what's your spiritual life like? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. People open up and start talking. Yeah. It's normal. Yes. Just like talking Alabama and Auburn in Alabama is normal. Okay, having God conversations with people is normal. That's why we're trying to teach, you know, our kids and our our teens. It's not just when you come to church that we should talk about a God conversation. It's any time we gather that there should be that element of you fellowship, but it's not just to talk about the weather mm-hmm. and where you went shopping today. Absolutely. It's also about God conversations, God yeah. elements in those conversations. Well, and it's neat. There's a, and I'll tell you, you know, so last night we were over at Tony and Penny's house and we were watching the football game and, and a friend of ours that, that has popped in and out of our church from time to time was there. And they don't necessarily, I don't think, go regularly anywhere to mm-hmm. church. But every time I'm together with this man, it's always neat. He sits and Kurt saw it last night, right? I'm sitting on the floor because I just like sitting on the floor. And he comes sits down next to me and he goes, so can I ask you a question? And I'm like, well, sure. And it's in the middle of football. football. <laughs> right? So see, faith life happens in the middle of football. Yes. Happens in the middle of fishing. That's right. 
happens in the middle of life. Mm-hmm. So some of this, again, I, I say all that to say, I don't, well, I, I'm not sure why God's got us talking about this, except it's good for us, yeah. is that, but to encourage all of us that when we talk about this kind of stuff, where is home, who is your ministers, who is your church family, look at that too and go, who, who is that daily, mm-hmm. right? Do I've used an analogy many times of, and even though I don't go to one, it's funny, you picked on me earlier, but like a gym. Anybody gym goers? I've never been a gym goer. Like go to the gym to exercise. Me either. So I'm, bear with me if this doesn't work, okay? Uh, but I've heard rumors, <laughs> you know, that you, you go to like a gym and people know each other in the gym, but it's kind of like, hey, Bob, hey, Brad, how are y'all? And you're talking and you might chit chat a little bit and then everybody exercises and then everybody leaves until you see each other again at the gym, whenever that might be. You know, many times I think church has become that. Yeah. Where church is some where where we kind of go together. Again, not here, not amongst us. It's different. I'm talking church bigger at large, church yeah. at large, where we kind of go together and you kind of see people and you wave, "Hey, how you doing, man? How's everybody good? Yeah, awesome." And then we all leave that place and we never see each other again till the next, next time. time. We all just happen to be there together. Right? So those are, there's a different design in Scripture. Mm-hmm. And that design is one where we come around each other. So I, I, say, I say this to many people, and, just to, and then we'll move forward deeper into the message for time's sake. Is, I said this on Thursday. Whenever the brown, smelly stuff in life hits the ventilation unit, <laughs> right? The person you call when the brown, smelly stuff in life hits the ventilation unit, that person's your pastor. That's how you can tell who your pastor is. That's how you can tell who your pastor is. That very first, we've pastored now for 22 years. Mm -hmm. And there's people, I am truly their pastor because when the brown stuff hits the fan, they call me. Hey, Brad, can I talk? Hey, can we get coffee? Hey, you got five minutes? Hey, can, and please know you can do that with me. Yeah, absolutely. You're never bothering me. You're not interrupting me. You're not a nuisance to me. That's why I'm here. Amen. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. But hey, I also know there are people, I'm like number five or six on the list. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I find, and that's okay too. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to say, if you know who you call first, Every now and then, give something to them. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Bless that person. Yes. Take them to lunch. Buy them a gift card. Give them an offering. Why? Because they're, they're your minister. They're one of your men. So even that term minister, it may not be a person who has a ministry. Yeah. An yeah. official 501c3. Here's your tax deduction. Let me give you an envelope and a partner packet. Those are good too. I'm not picking on those people. But sometimes when we talk about identifying our ministers, it's those people too. It's those people that, they're our hotline. They're the one we call for prayer. They're the one we, we're sharing this. We're getting count. Give to them too. That's right. Make sure that part of your regular giving goes to say, hey, listen, you, you've, you know, you've always been there for me. I can call you. You talk with me. You pray with me. You, again, here's a gift card. Here's whatever you determine to do. Does that make sense? Amen. See those? So now, that's all free. Amen. 
So, but what we talked about last week here in Galatians, verse 7, he says, But don't be deceived. God is not mocked in Galatians chapter 6. Whatever a man sows, that what, that's what he reaps. And then we looked at it last week. Paul then defines what was sown. He says, if you sow to the flesh, yes. you reap corruption. If you sow to the spirit, you reap life. Well, wait a minute, Paul. I thought you were talking about stuff. Because in verse 6, you were talking about money and stuff. And Paul says, I am, but I'm not. Again, the material item, the money, the gift card, the groceries, the whatever it is you've determined to give that person is a container. It's a vessel that you're putting the actual gift in. And that is what you're actually sowing to the Lord. You're either sowing flesh, Paul says, or you're sowing spirit. All right. Well, I want to add to that again. That's where we're going to go to Proverbs chapter 3. Is this okay? Is this helping everybody? Is this, is this good? Okay, good. All right. Proverbs chapter 3. And it says this. Probably very familiar. Verse 9. It says, honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. So we've probably all heard this verse before. Mm -hmm. So let me ask a question. What is the focus of this verse? These two, these two verses, what is the primary focus? What is Solomon trying to get us to focus on? Honor. Very good. We all saw that, right? Yeah. So the primary theme of these giving verses isn't verse 10. Right. No. So my barns will be filled with plenty and so my vats will overflow with new wine. That's just what's going to happen. Like the law of gravity. Like the law of gravity. I said that last week, right? If I climb up on the roof and I walk out to this end of the building, I have to have zero faith to step off. I'm not going to believe God that I splat big, right? Lord, I want a hundredfold return on my stupid here, right? <laughs> you know, no, if I just step off the building, I'm going to hit the ground. She's going to take me to the hospital and then she's going to smack me a little bit for being dumb, right? I mean, that's what's going to happen. That's right. So that's what Paul, or not Paul, that's what Solomon is saying here. Hey, listen, your, your, your barns are going to be filled with plenty. Your vats will have new wine in them. Sure, that's what happens when... You honor nice. the Lord. Love that. So see, this vessel we're talking about, our giving, right? We're putting things into our giving. The real seed we're sowing is what we put into our giving. And here God says, you can put honor in your giving. So see your giving as a jar. I love to tell my kids this about yeah. their words. It's the same concept. Yeah. You can say good morning a thousand different ways depending on what you put in the container or in the jar in that beautiful mason jar yeah. that says good morning. Yeah. You can go good morning. You can go good morning. Yeah. <laughs> you can go good morning. Good morning. Yeah. Really? Good morning. You know, like yeah. you can say it with the attitude and you're feeling that 
what spirit are you putting mm-hmm. in those words? Absolutely. Well, what spirit are you putting in that gift? That's right. That seed. So here, God again says, he says, so honor the Lord with your possessions and the first fruits of all your increase. So here I told you before, as we talk this out, we're going to talk about uh, different kinds of giving. So here in this one verse, we see here are two kinds of givings, right? One of them, this idea of you can honor God with your possessions is like an offering. But I love that it's, it's multiplicity. It, it, it can be anything. Mm-hmm. Possessions. That's not just money. It can include money because money is one of your possessions. Mm-hmm. But it can be clothing. It can be stuff. Mm-hmm. It can be your cars. It can be houses. You can do, there's all kinds of stuff that you can honor God mm-hmm. with your possessions. That is a type of offering. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Again, you can, and again, that can be given, that can be shared. I mean, that can be, I mean, I look, I think of like even, biggest one that comes to my mind is like your home. You can honor God with your home, not saying that you have to give your house away, but you can have people into your house mm-hmm. as a type of giving. Yeah. I've known people that, hey, can we like all ride in your car to go to the special meeting? Did, no, it's my car. I, no. Uh, are you going to pay for gas? Well, why does it always have to be my car? <laughs> so I've known people like that. And yeah. other people are like, oh, everybody just jump right in. And, you know, and, and it's it, because they understand that car belongs to the Lord. Yeah. They want to honor the Lord with their car. Same with the house, right? Like I tell, I tell guests all the time, my chairs don't even match, y'all. Like it, it is what it is. But my house is wide open. Yeah. Come on over. Let's have meals. We we had church there for a while during COVID. Like just it. Sure, we were all crammed in there like sardines. But who cares? That house doesn't just belong to me for my own selfish selfish consumption. That is for the Lord. I open the doors. That is a giving of my possessions. But right? I, but I want you to see it. Does that make sense? I want you to see, and I want us all to see. Mm-hmm. That this idea and concept of giving is bigger than money. Yes. It includes money, but it's bigger than money. Because yes. we've all said, whenever you've heard ministers before get up and start talking about giving, yeah. everybody thinks, uh-oh, he's going to talk about money. 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 Right. Yeah. But it's bigger than money. I got to say one more thing. Mm-hmm. Just not too long ago, we had that fun day that Kurt and Alicia put together for us. Mm-hmm. That was a gift of their possessions. Yeah. Because I don't know how to run something like that. It doesn't even cross my mind to do a fun day for anybody. For my yourself family. even. For, for myself even. We can ask my family. <laughs> I need help in that department. <laughs> Amen, she says. <laughs> but her and Alicia made that such a fun thing. And it was so life-giving. Mm-hmm. But they gave of their time. They gave of their, the way they think. They gave of their abilities to do setup, and then they organized things and people to bring xyz they communicated with everybody that is a giving of your yeah. possessions so yeah I absolutely that kind of stuff honors the lord absolutely. constantly well it, it, it gives us an opportunity yeah. obviously again every way we can give mm-hmm. right whatever that is is an opportunity for honor mm-hmm. again it's kind of like that proverbial perspective right We've all heard the classic example. The glass can be what? Half full or half empty. Half full or half empty, depending on how I 
choose to see the glass. Yeah. The glass actually stays the same. Physically, like, I mean, if it's an eight ounce glass and I put four ounces in it, yeah. that glass is the same. But if I choose to go opportunistic, oh, wow, it's half full. Mm -hmm. There's a whole difference. Or if I look at it, go, well, that's just half empty. Yeah. And I got to. Yeah. So the same thing, we can look at our giving and the giving is the giving. Mm -hmm. But it's what I put from my heart into it. Am I honoring in that? Am I being intentional to say, okay, I can do this thing, whatever this thing is. I can give this, whatever this is, but I'm going to honor God with it. My heart is to honor. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. So honor is there. And it says, so your barns will be filled with plenty. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm back up in end of verse nine. And with the first fruits of all your increase. Now, first fruits here, I just real quick, and we're going to look at a story and then we'll be done for this morning for now, is first fruits can be two types of things. It's quite synonymous. It can be your tithe. Mm -hmm. Your 10% is a type of a first fruit, right? Mm -hmm. Or it can be something special that is first, Right, so here recently, and, and we've learned to look at that. One aspect of giving first fruits is like so. Selena, many of you know, Selena has finally got her book out. Woohoo! Woo right, and so she's been promoting her book and selling her book. So we took the first hundred dollars that came in from her books, mm -hmm. we split it into two fifty-dollar offerings, and we sent one to Brother Jim Andrews, who was here. And we sent another one to a guy y'all haven't had the pleasure of meeting yet, who's also one of our pastors named Scott Ross in Boston. Mm -hmm. Because both of these men over a decade ago mm -hmm. really pressed us as spiritual fathers and said, all God's put inside of y'all, y'all need to write down. Yeah. And they've pressed us, right? And they said, you've written that book yet? Have you done that book? Have you written that book yet? Are you writing that book? How's that book coming? Uh -huh. Right, and they've pressed us yeah. for a decade. Yeah. Right now, yeah. we probably could have been a little bit more quick, but we had our own stuff to overcome. Right, to be honest. <laughs> right. Hey, I like what Brother Andrew Womack says. Hey, listen, I'm not where I need to be, but praise God, I've left. Yes. Amen. Right. <laughs> so I'm not where I need to be, but praise God, I've left. I'm on the journey. I'm somewhere between here and there. Right. Yeah. And so, um, but. We, we sent them first fruits. Mm -hmm. Hey, you were the first two to see something in us that we didn't see in ourselves. And now it's here. And now it's here and it's tangible and it's produced. And we want to honor the Lord by blessing you because it's from you that this came. Amen. See, that's a type of first fruits. Other type, I mean, there's all kinds of stuff. It's, it's things like that that you want to, first fruits are, are a type of offering that are like, special honor like in the in the days of the agricultural days where people were heavily agricultural first fruits was literally this they would pick the the harvest and they would take the tithe and then from the tithe they would pick the best of the apples mm -hmm. so they would get the prettiest ones or the biggest ones or the whatever ones that were like these ones are super special the choicest of them, and they would give that specifically. So do y'all see that? So those are types, still types. Now, we're not required. There's no, God's not going to unbless us. 
if we don't do this. But he leaves it as a bit of a way for us to say, hey, here's a picture of how you can give. That's right. There's your tithe. It's the first 10% of what you make. Mm -hmm. Right? And there's also this thing called first fruits, Mm -hmm. which is just special stuff that happens, special blessings that come from God, things that are above. Or even this, it's it's that special Mm -hmm. whatever. Mm -hmm. You can look and go, that's really, really, really special. That means a lot to me. Mm-hmm. That can be a type of first fruits. Mm-hmm. Giving away something that is sentimental, deep, that moves your heart deeply. Because mm-hmm. actually, I, I looked it up to check that word first fruits. A neat Hebrew meaning is something that is weighty and heavy. Mm-hmm. So it, a first fruit is also, it's a, very, it's a type of an offering that moves you. That is weighty to you. That you're like, this means a lot. Mm-hmm. That's so good. Does that make sense? Yes. Now I encourage you. You want to give those kind of offerings to special people that are again that you can identify. Past, Brother Jim Andrews and Pastor Scott Ross are two of my ministers. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the reasons too. They know us. They. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? That it's a. Because we've all done that before. Have you ever given something really special to somebody and they didn't know what to do with it? <laughs> right? And it meant a whole lot to you and it was not really a whole lot to them. Yeah. Okay, well, that doesn't mean your heart was bad. That just means stink. I gave it to the wrong person. <laughs> I shouldn't have given that special thing to... The, I can't get it back now. So I shouldn't have given that really super special thing to... That's a little bit of like Jesus with you just... You took your pearls... And you put it in front of a pig, yeah. yep. right? That doesn't pick on the pig. It's just the pig doesn't know what to do with it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Doesn't mean that the pig is evil. The pig's just a pig. He just doesn't know what to do with it. Yeah. Yeah. So he trampled it. Yeah. So we, can do, we have to be careful in our offerings when we give, especially those ones that are weighty to us, mm-hmm. the ones that we are really wanting to say, I want to honor God with this. You want to make sure it's going to someone that can not just receive the gift, but can receive the honor. Right. right? They're, they're, that's why there's people have come and they put stuff in my hands and, and I know the weight yeah. of the gift. Yeah. Right? And you have to be in all of us that minister, you have to understand when you receive from people, you're not just receiving that money. There is a weight on that gift that you have to receive too. And you have to be very conscious of the weightiness if you're receiving. We just had it the other day. A, a lady from the North Campus gave us, and and I and I and it was for her. It was big, mm-hmm. and she put something in my hands. And so when that happens, I I, I normally I, I kneel and I hit down and I and I sit and I hold their hand and because I'm not just taking mm-hmm. somebody's money, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm receiving somebody's honor, mm-hmm. and that's different. And so you have to be aware of that. That's part of giving and receiving. That's part we don't teach people. Right. Part of receiving is, okay, as I'm grateful for the monetary, whatever, or the item. But if I know, and I can tell, and someone's honoring God, then I get humbled to say, I receive from the honor that comes. Does that make sense? Right? Does that help? Anyway. So let's look at a story. Go to Matthew, and we're going to unpack this lady over the coming weeks because I have been enthralled with her story because I've never really looked at it. So 
Again, for time's sake, we're going to start. I, I won't finish it, but that's okay. Right, y'all are supposed to say, Brad, slow down. Slow down, Brad. Right. So this is the lady that gave the alabaster box. Y'all ever heard her story, the yeah. Jesus story? Yeah. Now, it's interesting, and here's a little bit of Bible interpretation to help you. Anytime a story repeats in the Gospels, we want to pay high attention to it. Yeah. Because anytime God chooses to repeat a story in all four testimonies of Jesus, he's really wanting to show us something. Right? right? That repetitive, God is not repetitive because he's senile. <laughs> right? He doesn't have like divine Alzheimer's or dementia or something. And he just can't remember that he told us that story. Right? I mean, so he's wanting to get a point across. So this is one of those stories that shows up in all four gospels. We're going to use it in what we're talking about as some template of what New Testament giving looks like. Because again, like I said, this is something very fresh that the Lord has been sharing with me that I've never really seen before because I haven't really paid attention. Not because it hasn't been there. Right, but I really now can say this this lady shows us a lot about the attitude of New Testament giving. She is she is in all kind of giving and receiving and, and all the stuff. Right. So let's go. In Matthew chapter twenty six, this is the Matthew's version of this story. It starts in verse six. Right? And I'm just gonna do like y'all seen me do. I'm gonna read through the story. We're gonna stop and highlight some stuff. You take notes, and then when we gather on Thursdays, if you see anything else through the week, please come and share it with the church family. It says, and when Jesus was in Bethany at the house of Simon the leper. Now, I'm going to stop right there because that's interesting to me. Notice that this did not happen at church. Right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So please understand that there is an aspect of giving that doesn't happen at church. Now, please, please give here at church. It, it's greatly appreciated, all of the stuff. But I, I really want to kick this open that New Testament giving is bigger than we've thought. Yeah. And our preparation of giving needs to be daily, mm. not weekly, as we have said before. Yeah. We, we need to have a heart preparing us to daily give and give beyond what we've imagined. Does that make sense? Yes. So here it is. So, so he was at the house. I love this. Notice that it's, this is Simon the leper. So this is also happening at a place that isn't very socially acceptable. That's right. That's right. <laughs> you know, that isn't, doesn't fit the neat little tidy box. And, and you're going to see through this whole story, there's a whole lot about this story from this lady that is scandalous in nature. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to say it like this, and I'm going to challenge us as a church family to go to the Lord and say, Father, help my giving become scandalous. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Scandalous to me. <laughs> scandalous to my church family. Scandalous to the culture at large. Right? Because we're going to see in this story, there was a whole lot of you did what? <laughs> there was a whole lot of shock in this story of giving that's going on. And so I wanted to make our Lord help my giving to become shocking. 
and where people go, Brad, you gave what to who? Uh, don't you know that they're they're just homeless and they're scamming people? Mm-hmm. Don't you know they? Don't you? Anyway, so it happens that Simon the leper says, and a woman came to him having an alabaster flask of very costly fragrant oil. Now I'm going to hit a parenthesis here. We're going to look at it in the other stories that this doesn't appear in Matthew's story, but it will appear in the other ones. When we talk about costly fragrant oil, we're not talking about Chanel number no. five. That's like $150 a bottle. Yeah. Right. So here's what it says. It actually says later that when they were complaining about this lady's offering, everybody, well, we could have taken that oil and sold it for 300 denarii. Now, a denarii was what you made in a day. So in throughout, here's for your understanding how to interpret this properly. A denarii was always equivalent to a day's wage. So I want you to take your day's wage, whatever you make in a day, and you multiply that by 300 and that's what this lady gave that day. So I'm going to say it like this. Let's take your year's salary, because we're only talking about 65 days short, which is almost weekends mm-hmm. yeah. when you look at it. Yeah. So this lady took something that was one year's salary. That's what it means by costly oil. This was, so take, and I'm not asking you to throw out numbers, but whatever is your annual income, you know what that is from your tax return. And I want you to hold that in your mind as we read this story, right? Not yet, but you will. So, right. And she poured it, I love this, on his head while he sat at the table. (laughs) Now, again, how out of place is this lady's offering. There's Jesus trying to eat with these people. And, and again, to kind of do this, this oil would have been put into a, an alabaster, which is like a stone flask. It would have been sealed. So she had to break it. I don't know. She just had to crack that sucker open somehow. So whether, whether she pinated Jesus and, and snapped it over his head, I don't know. But here's this lady standing by, behind, around Jesus. And while he's trying to eat hummus and pita bread, (laughs) she's pouring oil on his head. And it's flowing down over him. And Jesus is is just acting like this is what you do. See, there's a lot. You're going to read, but I want you to hear. So I want you to think about this again. This is kind of, again, if, if my giving just looks normal, I think there's a higher level that I can give to. Yes. Alabaster breaking, pouring on somebody's head in Chick-fil-A. During his meal. During his meal type of giving. So, A, this was quite public. This wasn't her sneakily... And I understand, and I know where we get with that. I understand the whole don't let the left hand see what the right hand's doing, right? But see, when your heart's in place, 
See, the whole left hand and right hand thing, Jesus was talking about heart. He wasn't talking about mechanics. Right. He was talking to people when he said, don't let your left hand know what your right hand's doing. He was talking about those Pharisees, like we said the other day, who had a habit of whipping out their choker wad of cash yeah. and going, if you happen to notice today, <laughs> I'm going to give an offering of $4,000, Right. He was saying, no, if you've got that kind of attitude of heart, you need to start doing some stuff in secret. Mm -hmm. But when our heart's actually right, our heart just wants to honor. And honor doesn't think about, is this the right place? Is this the right time? Is this the right setting? Is this, should I be doing this right here? Am I going to be embarrassed? Are they going to be embarrassed? Honor just goes, I'm going to honor you now. I'm going to pour, does that, yes. and, it, and it's public, it's scan, I love that. So he sits at the table, but when his disciples saw it, I love this, they were indignant and said, why such waste? Right? And I'm going to say this, I think it's time we start making some folk mad with our giving. Amen. I'm just going to drop that one right there. Right? Because here, now and again, Typically, the folks you're going to make mad are good old selfish church folk. Because yep. <laughs> notice, I would love this. Notice who was upset. His disciples. And now we, now we expect the Pharisees to be upset, but this was <laughs> Jesus's staff. <laughs> These were people who should have known better, who should have had their heads screwed on straight, who should have all kinds of stuff. So please understand, you're probably going to upset some, some folks who should know better when you give in New Testament fashion. Now notice too, probably, right, it's all coming from bad motive. Because what they were trying to say is they should have gave that to me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I'm also going to drop that one right there, right? That's a great question. That's a, we're going to get to that. That's, what, that's in Luke's account of the story, right? When there were other people who should have been doing this before the lady got there. They never did. But they never did. And we're going to hit on, there's, a, there's some stuff inside this. I'll go ahead and let the cat, we'll hit it so you've got to still act as shocked as I did when I read it the other day when I tell you the next time. But see, because there's types of offerings that are only going to come around once. Right? And this is one of those types. So, so again, in this story, Jesus is going to tell us, he's going to say things like, well, here, well, he says it here. Let me, let me get there just for a second. He says, so why this waste? This should have been sold and given to the poor. You know, there's always somebody else that should have got that. Have you ever noticed that? Well, they shouldn't have given that over there. Because I think somebody over there should have got it. Hey, listen, it wasn't mine to give. It wasn't mine to fill with my honor. So we let people who want to honor God, honor God as God leads them. And you may stand back and go, it should have, could have, would have been given better over there. Well, that's not your place. That is what your business, right? That was that person's heart of honor. That was that person's walk with their Lord. They felt inspired by Father to do X. 
Our response should be joining them in honor. Our response should be praise God. Look at what that person praise you for. And we should join in the honor that is given, not critiquing what we would have, should have, could have thought should have happened. Does, does that make sense? All right. So, but when Jesus was aware of this, I love that. He says to them, well, why do you trouble this lady? I love that. Jesus basically says, hey, listen. Now, this is a little bit of Brad's sanctified imagination. Jesus looked up and said, hey, hey, listen, until your hand goes in your pocket, you need to keep your mouth shut. Yeah. <laughs> until, 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 until you start whipping out your checkbook, right, and you start giving, you, you just need to be quiet and don't trouble people who are doing something you're not doing. Does that make sense? For she has for she has done a good work. Hey guys, if I can say this, I want you to realize that your and mine, our giving here in Scripture is one of the identifiable good works of our life. Oh, that's so good. Remember what we said before in, in Colossians about that, that we are his workmanship. We are created in Christ Jesus for good works. Mm -hmm. Remember we covered that some weeks ago? And we talk about many times people can sit there and say, well, what does a good work look like? Well, if you've ever wondered, here Jesus actually defines a good work. Mm -hmm. Hey, what she's doing, this honoring of me, this extravagant gift she's giving is a good work. So I want us to understand that our giving is one of our good works. Amen. For, I love this, Jesus said, you have the poor with you always, but me, you do not always have. Mm -hmm. And here was what I said before, I had never seen this before. Guys, listen, there are types of offerings, things that will come up in your life that they're for that moment. Yeah. They won't come around again. Right. <clears throat> so as you right. prepare your giving... And as you do what we're talking about, I want you, you need to be putting monies aside that are for these once in a lifetime opportunities to give that you're going to bump into. Because Jesus said there's going to be other types of giving that is going to be there all the time. So Jesus here wasn't saying don't give to the poor. He was saying the poor are never going to go, hey, can I just pop our bubble a little bit here? Do you understand? We were always going to have poor and needy people. Yeah. Jesus, the poor and the needy are never going to go away until Jesus returns and finishes everything up. Right. So until he returns, there will always be poor people who need stuff. There will always be people in other countries who are destitute. There will always be things that we should support. Mm -hmm. They're always going to be there. So we need to prepare regular giving that is for the things that are always, you know, they're always going to want power money for this building. <laughs> Even once we pay it off, unless we get our heads together and we create whatever, like solar panels or something, right? They're always going to be somebody saying, hey, the, the power's due, the gas is due. There's always going to be stuff we give towards. Do you see that? But you need to get ready because I believe God is going to take you and give you special opportunities for special honor. Mm -hmm. 
And you need to be ready and have monies and things and stuff set aside in your budget for the special honors. So that when the Lord brings that opportunity to you, when that thing comes up and you're like this lady and you look, you're ready to give. You're ready with your alabaster box, whatever that is. You're ready to give that once in a lifetime. That's what Jesus, hey, listen, she's only got one shot at doing what she's doing. It's right now. And another one, he says, and if she doesn't do it, it'll go undone. Because you weren't doing it. Does that make sense? So there's some stuff, so, so be ready. Do you see there's so much in these stories? Yeah, I'm, I hope you are excited about this as I am. That's awesome. Amen. Say it's lots of conversations for me and you. Mm-hmm. Amen. For in pouring this fragrant oil on my body, she did it for my burial. Mm. Right? But notice verse 33. Remember what we talked about about Cornelius? That was very prophetic. Yeah. Absolutely. You don't yeah. know those special honoring gifts? Yeah. Many times are answers to people's prophecies, yeah. special needs. She didn't even know her. That, that all she knew was, I'm going to go do this. Yeah. She didn't fully understand what it meant. What it meant. That's right. Her heart was just, here's the Savior. I'm going to honor him. This That's is right. what I've got. That's right. Does that make sense? Yeah. Again, you're going to. How do you say this? And I'm trying to get too far ahead in the story. We're going to find out this lady was a prostitute. Right, right. This was most likely her hide money mm-hmm. for when she was too ugly to do her job. Yep. If I can just be as blunt and PG as I know how. <laughs> right. So she, she was hiding this away. This was her stash. This was her 401k. This was her future. This was what was going to sustain her when she could no longer do what she was accustomed to doing. Right. So again, this was weight. Yes. This was a first fruit. Yeah. This was a possession she could honor him with. And her heart was one of, and you're going to say, man, her heart was one of, this is the Savior. Yeah. Yeah. Man, this is the gospel in flesh. This is, and there was this here. Right. Do, do, do you see that? But now, remember what we said about Cornelius last week? You know, Cornelius was a man who gave alms and he prayed and the angel came down. And I'm sorry, I know I haven't posted up last week's message. I'll get that up. But it says that the angel says to Cornelius, Cornelius, your giving and your prayers have come before God as a memorial to you. And then again, in Brad's paraphrasing, and then God says this. And so therefore, because of your giving, the good work of your giving, I'm going to let you be the first non-Jew to cross over into the New Testament. Mm -hmm. To cross over into the baptism of the Spirit. So see, Cornelius was just giving what he had to give from a heart of honor. He wasn't, and all of a sudden God says, so here is a supernatural heavenly return on your investment that you weren't prepared for. Yeah, that's so cool. That's awesome. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Guys, listen to me. I want to, you're going to look at your giving. Yes, it will cause your vats to overflow and all of your barns to get sure. Y'all please hear me. 
I'm not against the, the, the teaching that your giving will have a response to it in natural terms. Do you yes. hear me say that? Yes. Yes. But I do want to elevate our thinking that your giving will bring to you supernatural returns that you have no idea what they are. Mm-hmm. And, and they're way cooler than whatever return on my money I might get in this life. Because notice this in verse 13, Jesus says, Assuredly, I say to you, wherever the gospel is preached in the whole world, this lady and what she has done will be told as a memorial to her. So basically, Jesus says what she just gave in this honoring gift that she just gave she has just tied herself to the gospel for eternity. That's amazing. <laughs> and her gift, even her gift of one year's salary, she emptied the 401k and honored God. He says, hey, listen, that act of honor, I now make her a part of the gospel. And from that time forward through all time, all the way up to what is today? September the 3rd. Is it today the 3rd or the 4th? The 4th. September the 4th, 2022. She just got a return on an offering she gave in the year like whatever it was, 30 AD. So 2,000 years later, this lady's gift is still coming up before her. Mm-hmm. Where is she at now? Heaven. Heaven. Yeah. Come, come on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she is in heaven. Yeah. Still receiving returns on a one-time offering she gave two thousand years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And I, this is my imagination. Jesus is up there going, "Hey," and I'm gonna go and call, "Hey, Mary, Brad's talking about you again." <laughs> Hey, Mary, thanks for what you gave me all those years ago. Because people are still coming to me because of what you gave. Hey, thanks for giving. Y'all, thanks for why a short time in your life on the earth. Thank you for what you gave while you were alive. They're, They're talking about me again. They're talking about you again. Hey, what you did all that time ago, it's still doing something 2,000 years later. Amen. So guys, I want us to think bigger. Yeah. When you give today, mm-hmm. when you give here, when you give wherever the Lord leads you to give, you need to know. You don't know, but it's a 2,000-year testimony. Yeah. Yes. Amen. Come on. Yes. That's why we bless our offering. That's why we, we bless. We attach the blessing to it when we, we give, give it. In an act of worship in that moment. Absolutely. Right? And honor God with it. So here today, we're going to do that. Say you want to get ready to give for us this week as you do. And, and we're going to do that. Huh? Even on the cross. Because of that, he was asleep. Smelling the Absolutely. Oh, man. Absolutely. Took you. Absolutely. He steals. Smells of her offering. And and here and and my and, and now y'all are preaching my message. I'm glad to see y'all tracking ahead. 
And see, and when she, listen to, and when she left that dinner that day, she smelled just like him. Yes. Absolutely, didn't she? But listen to me. But, but see, again, when she, see, remember when, when you participate in this, guys, listen, do y'all hear what we're talking about? Yes. She honored him and still today she smells of that honor. See, when we give this way, we smell of the honor that we poured out on him. Amen. See, when you, I know, guys, if I can just speak, I know so many of you here and those that are, you have been hurt by people in your giving. I know by the Spirit of God, some of you have said, I'll never tithe again. I'll never give again because some charlatan lied and did whatever they did. But listen, you're not giving money. You're giving honor. You're giving something from the deep well of the kingdom of God on the inside of you. And you're putting it on everything you give. You're, you're pouring it one more time on a, I, I, you're getting me ahead right because in Luke's gospel she gave because this is my forgiveness this is my very salvation he's carrying my sin away He's carrying my sickness away. He's carrying my lack away. He's carrying. And every time now we are giving in a response, it's literally, it's God, it's here. I honor my salvation. I honor what you've done. I honor the forgiveness. I honor the healing. I honor everything you did on the cross. I honor you. This has nothing to do with anyone here. It has nothing to do with this church. It has nothing to do with again. And just we pay for the mortgage. We pay for we pay all the stuff. We has nothing to do with any of that. It has everything to do with I honor you. Yeah, absolutely. This is a way for me every time I get paid, every time I get blessed, yeah. every time I increase, I can come one more time. She had one alabaster box. That's all she had. You got it all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And every time I can one more time, God, I just honor you because yeah. your sacrifice is worth honoring. Yeah. Your sacrifice is worth giving to. Is that? So do you see that we've not taken giving anywhere close to what it actually is? Amen. So today, Father, as we give, Lord, as Selena and I give, and ever how anyone here is given today or given this week, Lord, I, Lord, today, Lord, I honor you. Father, thank you for my salvation. Thank you, Lord God, amen, that even though I wasn't like this lady and, and, and I didn't have the load of sin she had in her life, Lord, I, I still choose that even though I, what little, Lord, I was forgiven. Lord, I was healed. I was taken care of. Lord, I was made a part of you.
yourself. So Lord, today we have determined to give our offering, our, our first fruits this week. And Lord, say, here they are. Father, we love you. Lord, today I honor you with my giving. I give it not because I have to, but because, man, thank you, because honor can never be demanded. Honor can only be given. In Jesus' name, and every how you're giving today, give that way.